Welcome everyone to the Apex Sunday podcast where John and I discuss Formula One races, features and events. And today we're talking about the 2021 Qatar Grand Prix. And John, how are you doing today? Wonderful. And how did you enjoy the race? I, I loved it from P1 all the way through to the end. Well, it's a new track, right? And that's always interesting, but it looks like a track killer as well. A lot of, uh, we had that Gasly incident with his wing and then slicing the tire. We had four tires go off. And the thought that I had was, you know, those curves beyond the curves that were causing all the damage. So, you know, drivers should avoid them. Could those be implemented at other courses a little further out so that they're not destroying their wings if they happen to wander out a bit, you know, by error and so forth. But would that be a better way to enforce track limits? Because I understand that gravel traps, you know, the cars can start bouncing and rolling and that kind of thing, and they can't stop as well as they can on concrete. So that's usually why, that's the reason I've heard that gravel traps aren't used anymore. But, you know, this would be a, a better deterrent, I think. And it would help if turn four in Brazil, for example, would have never happened if those type of you know, curbs were on that circuit. So I don't know, it was just a thought I had, and I've heard others mention it as well. What do you think? Uh, I don't like it. You don't like it? it? Uh, well, it causes too much damage. You know, the, the, the high rate cars, they lose their front wings and everybody else gets the hydraulics and their, the anything arrow on the bottom of the car destroyed. And right. that's huge. That's expensive. Uh, right. I just we need clear penalties on, on track limits. That's true. I mean, it's, it's kind of silly, isn't it, to, well, now we got to put up walls to keep these guys in check. It's like, well, if you penalize or not penalize whatever the appropriate measure is appropriately, perhaps this wouldn't happen so much. And I still think that, you know, last race, Max should have been penalized and he wasn't. And mm -hmm. sure enough, uh, we've had uh, Lando say, well, if that's the case, then my penalty in Austria was completely unjustified. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I've heard that they, uh, the drivers had a meeting on Friday and Max walked out fairly happy and the rest of them were all like, we still don't understand what we can and cannot do. So not a very good state for the drivers to be in. No, not at all. I, I, the easiest solution is just to go back to what they used to use for track limits, which was trees. And <laughs> I, think that, I think that's a really good deterrent. Jim Clark would disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's that. All right, let's move on to qualifying for the Qatar Grand Prix. So for qualifying, I noticed that Sunida had no problem keeping into the track and his line with other cars on the circuit at the time, unlike his Red Bull <laughs> brethren. So I found that kind of interesting. Um, and then the one-sided conversation with Seidel on the F1 TV was quite fascinating. Eric or Seidel, what do you think of this? Silence, you know. And then it was restored in between Q2 and Q3. So, you know, they have their their technical issues at the F1 TV. Ferrari's had a lot of trouble. They finished in the points, but you know, they weren't very quick this week. And we had uh, Perez not making the top 10, but didn't really make much of a difference. And of course, in Q3, we had the yellow flag incident 
But uh, before we talk about that, anything you want to say about qualifying? Alonzo. Yeah. Alonzo. All My weekend. <laughs> All weekend. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just him. I mean, it, it, to, yes. to, to look because of the penalty to Matt, which was justified. Yeah. Penalty to Bottas, which is justified. Mm -hmm. Do I understand? I completely understand. I don't know if you looked at the footage, but looking at the footage and you watch these guys and they've got a little wee tiny thing off in the corner. Yeah. While they're being fighter pilots, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Nothing on the dash. I get that, that it happens, but at the same mm -hmm. time, yeah, they deserve to be penalized. But then mm -hmm. you look at the starting grid because of qualifying, which was just mind-boggling. Um, qualifying itself wasn't all that exciting. No. Um, a lot of a lot of sparks, and that's about yes. it. Yeah. Um, a bit of damage. And Alonzo uh, qualifying fifth though is quite incredible. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. What a drive. In regards to the penalty, it kind of reminded me of the Scott Goodyear Indy 500, where he just kind of assumed he wasn't going to be penalized for something that can be penalized for. And in this case, everyone knew about the double yellows. I mean, it was announced on the, on the broadcast. So why didn't Red Bull and Mercedes side on the side of caution and tell them, you know, you got to slow down? I mean, in the end, it didn't really make much of a difference. but. Christian Horner going on about rogue marshals and the system needs to be cleaned up. I mean, this guy, he cannot keep his mouth shut. He can't keep him, he can't point his finger, he can't keep pointing his finger at everyone else. It's just, it's not a very good look. And I'm very confused because, you know, Red Bull is a very, very good team. They've won a lot of races, they've won championships with Vettel. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got great staff. And, you know, I would, Despite their management, I would not mind if they won the championship. It'd be great for all the staff and all the, and the drivers and so forth. But their upper management just continually makes these kind of statements that I guess they just don't care how they look. And I don't know. It's just I don't know what the off. change was. I, I'm thinking the change sort of came along with with um, possibly with Nicky Lauda um, mm, yeah. and, and that whole and him coming back and onto the scene. Uh, kind of changed the tone for everybody. Uh, and I know that that wasn't with Red Bull, mm. but Helmut Marco, Nicky Lauda, same sort of yeah, they're good. process. They're kind of buddies, aren't they? I've seen them at ski races in the, in the, in the crowd and so forth. And I, don't, and I don't think, I think there's been a huge cultural change. I don't think that Red Bull is the Red Bull of old back in the no. days of Bethel and Weber and, and the, the days the, when they, they had the, fun. The fun, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just completely changed. I blame it all on the Spice Girls. <laughs> well, they were the X Games kind of company, and Formula One was you know, yeah. not, not X Games, a big, big thing. And I know they're big in motorcycle racing as well, but just the Red Bull F1 management in particular are just, I mean, it, again, it reminded me of when they were, having a hissy fit over the Renault engines and threatening to leave the sport. And I thought, well, what do your employees think of this? Like, you know, like your words mean something. And I know there hasn't been very good management examples in history lately. I mean, it's all been pretty much terrible, especially if you look at politicians, I guess, but that's what he, mm -hmm. they remind me of just, you know, blast out whatever is on their mind. They don't, there's no nuance. There's, 
I don't know. It's just it's a big turnoff for me. Because so if they don't win, I'll be a little bit happy as well. But <laughs> just just because of them, but I'll be unhappy for the people who work under them. So, yeah. anyways, should we move on to the race? Absolutely. So Alonzo had a great start, and you know when Max passed him, I think he thought, you know, there's don't waste time fighting a Red Bull at this point in the race. Let him go. You know, I know he he defended at the first couple of corners, which was nice, but you know Alonzo in particular ran a spectacular race, and his start was key too because he didn't lose positions. So until later when Max passed him, and. uh Hamilton had a great start as well. But the Stroll Sunada Bottas battle, that was pretty good. But I will note that by lap 10, Alonso was 20 seconds behind. And last podcast, we talked about fast track with medium to fast corners and a long straight will favor the Red Bulls and the Mercedes. And that was on example and extreme, I would say. <laughs> they were much, so. much, much faster than the rest of the field, right? So, and I think, you know, in regards to all the controversy over racing, I think the racing in this particular race was very clean for the most part. And Kimi was a prime example of that as well. So that was really nice. Ocon had a spectacular race as well to finish fifth. That was the highlight for me. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, his, his, his dicing with Perez. Yeah. We haven't seen dicing like that in a long time. Yeah, it was interesting because... You know, when Alonzo requested and the team requested to try to hold off Perez as long as possible, everyone knew that would be close to impossible at the end of the straight. But afterwards, he slowed him down very well. You know, mm -hmm. that was very, very impressive. So, and that team, that's the kind of team spirit I like to see in this sport rather oh. than, you know, Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I sort thought it the, was, sorry? Sort of the opposite of, of back in the day of, uh, Nico and Lewis yes, battling that, it out. Yeah, because that Nico's championship year, he did not look happy, which is not the way to win a championship. But no. very toxic between those two, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mercedes, I don't think we'll ever do that again. Although we'll see how Russell does and see if that ruffles some feathers. And then the final thing I thought was very odd was Deresta, Crofty, and Brundle going on about Bottas coming in to get that extra point for the fast lap, but he was out of the point, so it doesn't count. So right. do they just forget, I guess, or, or something? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then as we yeah. just discussed earlier, the, the damage to the cars and, you know, the tires blew up. Huge damage. It. Mm -hmm. I mean, Leclerc needing a new chassis. That's, <laughs> my yeah. God. You know, it's, it's, yeah. And, and that is, uh, that that was the problem with the tires because we had a big tire issue here, didn't we? And mm -hmm. and you know they came out and said, tire manufacturer came out and said this is not anything but a two stopper. Right. A whole bunch of people went for one stoppers, and I like that. I like their their guts in doing that, and, and it made things interesting. Yeah, you gamble, you either win or you lose, and right. most of them lost, but Alonso didn't. <laughs> and right, you know. That was great. And even the safety car at the end or the VSC, I don't 
not sure that Perez would have caught him. It would have. He wouldn't. Have, well, he wouldn't have gotten by him. Yeah. He might. He might have gotten near him. But mm-hmm. I mean, this is wily old Fernando. I mean, they're not. He's not going to get get mm-hmm. anything but the widest car you could ever imagine. And I thought it was really interesting. People are going on about the. You know, he hasn't been on the podium since 2014. Of course, he left the sport for three or four years. I can't recall. But uh, he was very happy to be there. And I, he said, yeah. you know, I got back into F1 in preparation for the new rules. So, you know, the drivers are looking towards the new rules as well. And Renault, now called Alpine, but it's Renault, they should be able to build a very good car and a good engine. And I hope they do next season because I want to see Alonso battling all the time. Cause he's just, just a great racer. Yes. And, and if, if you could pick the guys to be dicing, he's definitely there and Lewis, cause they're just so wise. Yes. They are very wise and very mature and very unmaxed. Like mm-hmm. I, I found it, um, I found I find his driving style a little bit obnoxious still, and rightfully so. He came in like a bull, pardon the pun, and you don't lose that. That's who he is. Yeah, he's such a spectacularly talented driver, and he's so fast, and he his car control is incredible. Mm-hmm. He just needs to become a better racer, like like I said, last podcast. And again, I was reminded, we looked at Ocon finishing fifth here and that great dice with Perez. If you recall a few years ago, Max punched Perez, sorry, punched Ocon after the Brazilian Grand Prix because he blamed him for blocking him yeah. and scratch. But Lewis looked at that and said, I wouldn't have taken it that way and, you know, driven the corner that way. And that's what Max is missing. And again, Red Bull, is doing nothing to help him in that regard. Right. Maybe experience will, and maybe if he loses the championship, it will. But so far, it doesn't look like it. The, the problem is, is he isn't paying the price. Yeah, you know, when, you, when you do those incredibly dangerous things like weaving back and forth, mm-hmm. when you've got rocket ships like these cars, and you jog to the right, I'm going to go on the left, you jog back again, I'm into you. Yeah. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. And and that is phenomenally dangerous. There's that, and then there's just the the sheer, I don't know, stupidity in in driving people off the track. Yeah. Uh, that's what got him where he is today. So, yeah, hopefully that can change. The other thing that came out was what happened with McLaren mm-hmm. and Danny Rick. I don't know if you heard what happened to Danny Ricardo, but Danny, yeah, um, he had a Gimli glider incident kind of thing, right? He had a computer problem. Yeah, it reminded me of the Gimli glider. You know that, yeah, that airplane, and but they actually lost fuel. They actually ran out of fuel and plummeted to the ground. And fortunately, the pilots saved everyone's lives. But yeah, they they couldn't. I wonder what that could they have taken a risk and just ignored that sensor because it was wrong. They afterwards because going that slow, he wasn't going to score any points anyway. So right, what's at risk if you aren't going to score points and you're not going to if you're going to DNF. Yeah. I Maybe mean, there's a mechanical reason. Maybe if they run out of fuel, it damages a lot of things or something. You know, I don't know. But it was a curious thing to yeah. happen to Rick. And that's why he was so bad in that race. Although yeah. throughout the uh, qualifying, he, he just didn't seem to respond to this circuit. No. So unlike, oh, like, and Alonzo just absolutely adored it. 
Yeah. Yeah. He was the only guy. I mean, in pra- brief practice one, he actually said on the radio, this is fun. Yeah. When was the last could, time you heard an F1 driver say that? Said he could drive there all night, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be in regards to, I mean, yes, most of the passing or probably all the passing was in one corner, but it was, you know, interesting to see them take those fast corners and drive through it properly and so forth. So I, I did enjoy the race, but yeah, it's not the most optimal under the current rules. And I don't think we'll ever see this circuit again for F1 because when we discuss news or we can talk about, we just mentioned this now, and it was mentioned in the broadcast coming back in 2023, but not to the circuit to either a purpose-built circuit or a street race. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it would have been interesting to see the new rule cars there to see how they do in medium and high-speed quarters following each other but there are other circuits like that so we'll see how that goes uh, anything else you about the race? The race? yeah so. the race i'm going to give it a seven i'm still you know because it was a one corner thing but i, I did enjoy it what about you um i'm going to give it an eight and i'm only giving it an eight because i saw some real dicing which was mm-hmm. ocon and and uh, Perez, I thought that was a lovely battle. And the start, the start was so fresh, you know, the, the ghastly right there. And yeah, and, um, yeah I, who knows? I guess we should mention Stroll, too. I mean, he's only scored two points in the last five races, but he finished sixth in this race. So much, much improved there in Vettel 10th. So they didn't that had to be badly. a big relief for, for Lance. Yeah, yeah. He was said he didn't really like the car all weekend either but in the race he seemed to do well so what about your driver of the race i'm taking a guess that's the same as mine but go ahead <laughs> it's got to be the old guy yeah i'm getting tired of him being called old but <laughs> you know he's only 40 uh but yeah it's got to be fernando burn indeed yes absolutely mm-hmm. yeah just incredible i mean valtteri was doing very well before his puncture as well he didn't get off to a good start in we saw that or we heard that message from Toto. Go out and pass them, Valtteri, or whatever it was. And at first couple laps, he didn't, but then he just really took off. And, you know, unfortunately, I think he's probably the unluckiest F1 driver of this season, <laughs> I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Especially right. with that car. Yeah, I know. He should. I mean, he's probably going to finish third in the championship, but, you know, he could have been had a lot better year. So, all right, let's move on to the news. We already discussed the Qatar race happening in 2023 and beyond, but not at this circuit. Mm -hmm. And we discussed the drivers coming out of the Friday meeting and saying they're all confused, except Max wasn't. So the rules are still up in the air in regards to racecraft on the circuit. We'll see if that gets resolved or if, you know, the officials start. I, I do think you know, Christian Horner does have a point. It, it is confusing to even to everyone, I think, right now. So that has to be cleared up. But I read an article that makes me think that it is 2025 rather than 2026 for the new engines. And Benotto is saying that the engines will be so different because of the new fuel, that's going to be quite a challenge. So that may open some doors for certain teams as well when that happens. 
I hope so. Yeah, that'd be nice. Do you have anything else in use? Uh, no, I don't. Other okay. than um, the point, and and we're so close. Yeah, that's and spectacular. Coming down to the last races, and it can be anybody's. Mm -hmm. I love well, not anybody's, but you know, one of one not, of two. Yes, right? one of two. <laughs> yeah, and and it's the same with with you know Alpine scoring all those points. You know, so yeah. much for the the Ferrari. Um, uh, yeah, that's over in the Alpha Tori Alpine battle is over as well. Yeah. But the Mercedes Red Bull battle continues for both the teams and the uh, driver's championship. And like I said last time, I just hope it ends cleanly. I hope everyone finishes their races. No one has a, you know, an engine blow up or something and we get a nice battle. But, well, we just have to wait and see. I heard but that. The, sorry. If there's going to be any any noise it's going to be because max is going to do something very mm -hmm. silly yeah yeah mm -hmm. and the next race is in saudi arabia and it's a new circuit as well Jeddah. and people are saying it's mercedes is going to do well there so you know and, and also the race after abu dhabi they've changed the layouts and so it's kind of newish for parts of it so mm -hmm. It's going to be quite exciting to see who wins this championship or both the championships. They haven't been right. They haven't been right in the, the, all this season saying we're coming <laughs> into a Red Bull, Red Bull track and then Mercedes dominates and we're coming into, a, you know, and vice versa. So, right. Yeah. I think who knows what's both cars, I, probably both cars will do well, you know. And I do wonder if Max had qualified in pole and had got a good start. At this race, if he could have kept ahead of Lewis, we'll never know. But I don't think anyways, so. No, you don't think so? I, I really don't think so. Right. I think that I think that Lewis got out front and managed the car and was driving at 85, 90%. Mm. Right. Right. And managing the gap. I seriously, that's what it looked like to me. Because when he wanted to turn it on, he could turn it on. Mm -hmm. You know, there were a couple of points there where, you know, he's worried about the undercut. So he, he got back on the loud pedal and the gap. That's true. Up. That's true. So, yeah. Because when Max got up to second, Lewis was about four and a half seconds ahead. And that quickly ballooned up to between eight and 10 and seven yeah. sort of. So that, that does say that Lewis was managing it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Saudi race is the 3rd of December to the 5th of December, so a couple of weeks. And I'm looking forward to it because usually at this point in the season, the championships are already wrapped up. Absolutely. So they're not this time. All right, John, we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Bye.